Howdy, folks. You like blood, violence, freaks of nature? Well, then come on down to Grindhouse Syndicate's Museum of Monsters and Mad Men. See the alligator boy. Ride my famous murder ride. And most of all, don't forget to take home some of our tasty fried chicken. It just tastes so damn good. Welcome to the show. I am your host, the one who brings the Christmas candy, and that's my co-host, the one who brings the devil's brandy. And today, we are covering Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses, as we inch closer and closer to All Hallows' Eve. That was good shit. Yeah. Good shit. That was a, I'd take a big breath for that one. <laughs> yeah. I would have fucked that up yeah. about 37 times. Yeah. So, um... Did you happen to catch the teaser trailer for the Strangers reboot remake thing? I don't know what they call them anymore. They used to be called them remakes, but I think they call them reboots now. I did. I did. It was very much a teaser trailer. <laughs> I think it's not even two minutes long. They released some uh, like promo photos for it too, and it doesn't look like they changed the because uh, you don't you don't see the actual strangers in the teaser trailer, but they released these photos and it doesn't look like they changed the outfits of the three killers all that much. I think just slightly. Uh, that's, that's great and all. And it seems like they kind of captured that original creepy feel from the teaser trailer. But I mean, the sequel just came out in like, 2018 <laughs> yeah this that's what i was about to say it, this is just not old enough of a movie to be remade like hasn't been enough advances in m- movie making for this to be much different than what the first one was i mean i feel like what would the original come out in like 2008 2008 and then Strangers wow, it was Pray 2008? at Night. Yeah, it was. Nice. And Strangers uh, Pray at Night was 2018. Since 2024, we're getting a, a reboot. And this is the first film of a trilogy. Because every reboot now has to be a trilogy. They've seen all that money they can make off of them. Yeah, I, I just, man, it's just, it's just not old enough. It would be a lot more exciting if it was like, 30 years old or something but i mean i guess 16 years is is a long time i, I don't know it's because we're getting old man 16 years sounds like a lot but it just seems like it wasn't that long ago it came out you know this movie house of a thousand corpses is older are, are we going to get a house of a thousand corpses remake next <laughs> i hope not nobody but rob zombie can do that movie that is a total rob zombie movie I'm surprised that he doesn't want to remake this movie because he doesn't have the fondest memory of this movie, really. Like, I think he sees too many of the flaws in the movie because it was his first. You know, it's like us going back like 20 years later and listening to our first episode of the show. And and I I would probably hate it, too. Like, oh, oh, no, shut up, please turn it off. Rob Zombie, too, has, and I like Rob Zombie a lot, but he has that very smug, artsy attitude. So I could see him totally looking back and trying to nitpick everything about the movie. But, you know, the movie is great for what it is. I'm sure there's some storyline shit that when the Devil's Rejects came up, he was like, oh, fuck, 
you know, I should have probably thought this through. But it's great for what it is. And I don't think he's made a movie like it since. This is a very psychedelic, just that, that psychedelic uh, grindhouse feel to it. That's that's why I like it so much is it has that, that very grindhouse feel. It's kind of like a love letter to uh, those old grindhouse horror movies, especially and sometimes too much Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I like it. I, I like it. Some people shit on it for that, but I dig it. It's a fucking dirty, grimy, grindhouse, gore, psychedelic awesomeness of a film. And I think it'd be really hard for them to remake. Well, let's hope it doesn't happen, but it it very well could happen. In this day and time, it very well could happen. I'm surprised they didn't end up like trying to remake The Exorcist. At least they didn't make that mistake. They decided That's... to make a sequel. But originally, I remember when it first came yeah. out, we we heard it was like a reboot or a remake. Yeah, I think that was the initial news that came out was that they were remaking it. And I remember being like, oh, oh no. no, please don't. I mean, even if they did a good job with it, it's still never going to touch the original. If you want to know what's going on with the show, you want to talk about our request movies for us to cover, you can always find out what's happening by checking out one or all of our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook at the Grindhouse Syndicate Horror Podcast, the Instagram at grindhousesyndicate.horror.pod, and thanks to my man Chris Hansen, not not From that Chris Hansen, catch a predator? not that one, <laughs> a different one, but uh, we finally got the TikTok name thing worked out. He kind of baby walked me through how to change it. Now I feel like a dumbass because it was super simple. But now it is the Grindhouse Horror Podcast at grindhouse.horror.pod. And all that stuff is always in the show notes uh, as usual. So you can always find that stuff there. And thank you to Chris Hansen. Not, the, not that Chris Hansen. That's how I'm just going to always say him. Like... <laughs> Chris Hansen, but not that Chris Hansen, uh, for helping us out with that. He he's gonna he's gonna eventually make an appearance on the show. Yes, Th- thank you, Mister Hansen. I-, I knew that there was a way to change that. There had to be. So glad we got that uh, sorted out. Yeah, he sent me like a like a screenshot type video or something of him changing his, and I watched that and I was like, well, I'm stupid because it was like two clicks done. You're just old. You're not stupid. It's old. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we kind of jump into this, you know how this the DVD menu of uh, of this is kind of I don't I don't want to say interactive, but it has like the where you can click ring the bell and Captain Spaulding comes out. Somehow I I went to click play, and it started playing previews. And I was like, you know, whatever. I'll watch the previews. Like, you know, you didn't experience the previews. I didn't. I'm sure there's an option where you can watch the previews. Okay, but... so so the reason I figured that out is because I watched all these previews, like three different movies, and you know, 15 minutes later, I'm like, okay, the movie's gonna start, and then it goes back to the main menu, and I'm like, yeah, what the fuck previews. did I just do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there is a preview that I want to show you because I watched it and was like, 
What the fuck is this? Are, are they all Lionsgate films? Probably. Uh, the other two are just basic movies, but this, this is something different. You know how when you meet someone and you think you like them, but then the more you talk to them, you see parts you don't like? Everyone always thought May was different. Jesus, what are you doing? Relaxing. Doesn't it hurt? Ow! You crazy bitch! But really, she was just misunderstood. I need a What's up with the dolls? Someone I can hold. Don't be mad. Then, one day... I was like, May what is going on? Adam. Hello? The boy I saw today is different. So what do you do, May? I work at the animal hospital. When I left for vacation, my dog had four legs. <laughs> so back on. Can you? I could... Some people think it's kind of gross. I love gross. Really? And she thought he liked her just the way she was. Oh, Uh oh. Hey, this is weird. You like weird? Not that She like beat the fuck out of her. Turned out to be just like everyone else. I'm sorry if it didn't work out. But it just didn't feel right. So many pretty parts. Pretty holes. So May decided to make a friend of her own. I need more parts. You have a beautiful neck. I love your tattoo. Can I go see my measurements? I love your hands. You have really beautiful necks. You're going to look perfect. What is going on? Like, is she? Oh, did, is that a real? That's a real movie. That's a I real. Maybe they no, were. They no, were that's a real movie. So I'm like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, is she gonna build a Frankenstein boyfriend? That's what I was. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Out of like live human beings, like, <laughs> like what the fuck is this? Because it starts out. Yeah, like, that is t- that is a Tales from the Crypt episode. Yeah. Yeah, that no, totally... No, I think that's an actual Tales from the Crypt episode. So you think they just ripped off of it like a Tales from the Crypt episode? I don't I don't remember if it's a, a female doing it or if it's a male that's putting the people together. I think it might be a male. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about 95% sure that that was the premise of a Tales from the Crypt episode, which makes a lot of sense for Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, for I a was, whole movie? I was watching it and I was just like, is this a romantic comedy like a romantic movie that's on this on house for thousand corpses and then you know she bites like the fuck out of his lip and he's like bleeding and it just completely changes like it's a complete different preview after that and then i'm just sitting there trying to figure out because she's like measuring her friends like wanting to steal their body parts yeah it clearly looks like she's planning on uh taking the parts she likes from people and uh, making her a a new boyfriend. I'm all for a little bit of roughhousing in the bed, but if if I'm bleeding that bad from a bite on the lip, like she about bit his fucking lip off. So I was like seeing that, and I said, I'm, "Well, I've never heard of this movie. I've never heard of anybody ever talk about this movie." And I like I I feel like I watched that for a reason. <laughs> like that was was a lucky accident. I, I, sorry, Are I gotta, you saying we're going to cover May? I was like, I've got to spread the word about this insane, ridiculous 
thing I just watched. Now, Rob Zombie said himself, Lionsgate will fucking release anything. Yeah. That's how that's how we got House of a Thousand Corpses. Was them taking a chance on anything. But yeah, so that's May. Uh they came out in like I think we, it's I think it was we're gonna re- end up covering May. <laughs> I think it was uh <laughs> like I think it was like two thousand two or something. I think it came out. I looked it up. But anyway, yeah, so House of a Thousand Corpses. House of a Thousand Corpses is a 2003 American black comedy horror film written, co-scored, and directed by Rob Zombie. As many people know, this was his first film. And it is the first in what is called the Firefly film series. It stars Sid Haig, rest in peace, Bill Mosley, Sharon Moon Zombie, Karen Black, Rain Wilson, Chris Hardwick, Tom Towles, Aaron Daniels, Jennifer Jotslin, Walton Goggins, and Dennis Fimple. I love Walton Goggins. I love everything I've ever seen him in. Which one was Tiny again? Uh, He's he's passed away, too. I think he passed out. Passed away. Was it passed out? He passed away right after uh, Devil's Reject, I think before it even came out. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't think he was in that list of people I just named. Yeah, that's weird. He's he's a uh, he's a big character, literally. Well, and yeah, he's literally a big character, but not a huge character in this movie. Walter Goggins, Officer Nash. Every time I love that, him. I see him in anything. I, all I can think about is Sons of Anarchy. Him playing the transvestite prostitute. I I love him in everything I've ever seen him in, and the amazing rack that they gave him in that show. He was great in the was it the principals we watched yeah. last year. Yeah, that I forgot about that show. Yeah, Man, it was filmed here. Uh, yeah, that show was hilarious. They filmed some of it in like your old high school. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in that show, it's it's the other. It's like the rival school mm-hmm. was shot in in my old high school. Yeah. So the plot centers on a group of teenagers who are kidnapped and tortured by a psychotic family during Halloween after traveling across the country to write a book. It was uh, eventually distributed by Lionsgate Films and released on April 11th of 2003. It is 89 minutes long with a budget of 7 million and a box office of 6.8 million. So the budget is listed as 7 million, but Rob Zombie has went on to say that he doesn't exactly know how much money because I think the budget was originally four million, and then he kept asking Universal for more money, and then he said he like purposely filmed a bad ending. So when they screened it, they were like, "Yeah, the ending sucks," and he's like, "Well, could you give me more money to film another one?" So they did. So he said that it's anywhere between seven million to possibly fourteen million dollars. What's hilarious about that, if I remember correctly, he probably made a ton of money off this because he bought it back from Universal for a, I think it's been a while, but I think it was two hundred and fifty thousand or some, something close to that. Uh, yeah, I didn't come actually uh, come across what he what he bought it. Bought it back for. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen in an interview. It's like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars is what he bought it back for. Well, it made sixteen point eight million. Yeah, turn around and make all that money, and and then on top of that, the cult following that this movie has has gathered since then. Uh, not only has he probably made a shit ton of money on people buying it and and watching it since then, but also the Devil's Rejects 
and three from hell. I made a ton of money uh, off of those movies. And this, this was the precursor. It was inspired by 1970s horror films such as The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Hills Have Eyes. Rob Zombie came up with the idea when he was designing a haunted house attraction for Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights. They basically asked him if he had any movie ideas like why he was doing this. And he pitched House of a Thousand Corpses, which he mostly made up on the spot. They liked it, and he went home, he wrote an outline of the movie, and they approved it. If, you, uh, if you're if you interested on this, this kind of chunk of how this movie came to be, there is a very easy-to-find uh, interview with him on the Joe Rogan show, I believe, and he kind of explains in detail a little bit about that, if you want to it, check that out. Yeah, didn't he say, like, the pitch? That he gave them on the spot ended up being completely different from the yeah, movie after was, he wrote it. It was pretty. It was pretty different. Yeah. Uh, filming took place in 2000 on the Universal Studios backlot, with some of the uh, shorter scenes being filmed on location in Valencia, California. The house used in the film is called the Chicken Ranch, aka Building 14. I looked in, I kind of gathered some information on what I could about the house because I think the house is uh, cool. I think it's a great part of the story. Yeah, I've got a little bit in my notes about that. I know I've, I've seen, not in person, but on videos at the Backlot Tour in Universal. Yeah, I checked it out. And seeing this house, which is in the middle of this neighborhood that's used for filming, and then seeing the outside shot. When they show the out, outside daytime shot, the the set people, the set directors, did an amazing job because mm-hmm. you you wouldn't even recognize it. On Universal's Backlot website, they actually have multiple pictures of this house, and there's another movie where it looks way worse than this one than it than it does in this movie. But it actually sits in the former location of the Psycho House. Psycho House was moved in the '80s when they went to film uh, Psycho Two. And this house was built in that very location. That that I did not know. Yeah. So um, it actually got its name after its role in the movie, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas from 1982. It's been in many other TV and movies such as CSI, Ghost Whisperer, Providence, and Father's Day. Unlike many buildings on the lot, this is a fully practical set which can be fully used as a location both inside and out. It is based on a real house in Austin, Texas, where establishing shots for Best Little Whorehouse were filmed. Once the movie was done with filming and editing, Heads of Universal screened it and definitely did not like it. So the story goes kind of by zombie is these, he says that after they watched it, like the Heads of Universal watched it, they essentially fired him, kicked him off the lot, and shelved the, the film. They said, fuck no. And the little bit I did look into it is Universal claims that they were pretty positive that the film was going to get the NC-17 instead of the rated R rating. They said they just weren't interested in releasing that. Rob Zombie claims that Universal Studios was trying to kind of get into the family movies in the comedies and they thought this would kind of ruin their uh chances to kind of get in on that i don't know almost call it like adam sandler money 
because that's the kind of movie yeah, this isn't this isn't a family comedy that's nope. for sure yeah to to make a movie and get fired on the spot though your first movie it's got to be kind of discouraging uh, he eventually reacquired the rights from Universal and attempted to shop the movie around where he pretty much uh, had every major studio slam the door in his face. Years later, Lionsgate agreed to release the film and it was shown in theaters in April of 2003. So it took, I mean, it was filmed in 2000. He even claims that they think he thinks that they started filming at the end of 1999 and this movie didn't come out till 2003. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it was the Halloween Horror Nights 1999. That's when he did the house. And from what I remember, I'm pretty sure by by the same time in 2000, the movie was either already made or almost finished. So they started get he, he got to work really quick. Yeah, so it was shot actually on a 25-day shooting schedule. So not even a month to film the whole movie. Uh, Zombie has said that shooting was sometimes difficult because of the amusement park was often open and would ruin takes. So a little bit about that was apparently the Jaws ride is right there and the uh, Jaws ride would constantly screw up the sound for the scenes. And then another thing was this house, the shooting location is part of the Universal Studios backlot tour. And Universal Studios actually refused to uh, cut that out of the tour while they were filming. So as they would be filming scenes, this like tram of people would show up and park right in front of where they were filming. And he was he was basically like, you know, we're trying to film a movie. You can't just have these people just sitting here while we're filming. So it would it would ruin shots or eventually he just stopped filming when they would pull up and it would cause this. Uh, they would have been able to film it probably shorter than 25 days. Yeah. How are you going to invest like seven million dollars into a movie and then refuse to accommodate something for the filming, especially on only a 25 day filming schedule? But I've seen the 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 video of that backlot tour and I will say. I've done the one in Florida. The one in Florida has nothing. Nothing on, on Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. I, one day we've got to get out to California and do that backlot tour. Uh, a quick little interesting thing. So, you know, the house, uh, Denise's dad's neighborhood, they do a couple shots. It's like Halloween or whatever. Yeah. They, yeah I noticed that they showed some decorations and stuff. So uh, that his house, the dad's house is actually, I believe the leave it to beaver house and then apparently, I, I don't watch the Munsters, but apparently off to the side, like one of the houses in that neighborhood that's in that shot is the original Munsters house. Yeah, they have. So that's in the back lot tour as well. And it's crazy because you, you don't even recognize it. Like, yeah, that's unless, a lot you're, of unless you're going to that tour looking for the Munsters house. You, you would have no idea that it was it was ever the Monsters house. I'm sure he thought that was really cool because I know he's a big Monsters fan. Yeah, so scenes featuring uh, Baby masturbating with a skeleton along with uh, other cutaway scenes were actually filmed in Zombie's basement, you know, long after they had finished up at the Universal lot. And all those scenes are shot on a 16-millimeter camera. Uh, so ratings. Oh, this is rough. 
Rotten Tomatoes gave this movie a 21%. Yeah. I think that's the lowest of all the movies we've done so far. That doesn't surprise me. They're, they're, they're tough. 21%. IMDb gave it a 6 out of 10, and Letterboxd gave it a 3.2. The average audience score is a 3.9 on the Goog. Yeah, this is one of those movies where you have to be a horror movie fan to enjoy this movie. Like, there's some oh, this there's is, yeah. some horror movies that, like The Lodge, for example, where it's got a really good story. You don't have to necessarily be a huge horror movie fan to watch that and think it was a good movie. This movie, if you hate horror movies, you are absolutely not going to like this fucking movie at all. Uh, so if you would like to watch this movie, it is currently available for free on Tubi and Pluto TV. Or you can rent it for $3.99 on Amazon, Apple, Vudu, and YouTube. Yeah, if it, if you want to pay money for it, you can go rent it. You can. It. If you if you're not if you're not cool with that free ninety nine. I mean Tubi Tubi is the best by far for horror movies. If you're a horror fan and you don't know about Tubi, go sign up for Tubi. It's totally free. Yeah, you have a couple commercials in the movie but their movie, their horror movie library is amazing. Uh, so plot, you want to jump into the plot? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so this kicks off with a Dr. Wolfenstein's Halloween Eve movie special. Uh, interesting fact about that. Rom Zombie was originally going to play this character, but backed out at the last minute. He actually does play Dr. Wolfenstein's assistant, though. Oh, wow. I didn't notice that. Yeah, there's a, like a two second scene in one of the Wolfenstein scenes because a couple of them throughout the movie. And he's actually in the background. I, think, I believe he's smashing a pumpkin. <laughs> Is it obvious? It can't be that obvious because I've seen this movie. No, no, no. no. So he's, like I said, he's in the background. Like Dr. Wolfenstein is talking. And then he's like back there smashing a pumpkin for some reason. Sherry Moon Zombie wasn't back there playing a character. No, but she actually movie within the movie. She actually does play another character in this movie that most people do not know. In the uh, Denise's dad's neighborhood Halloween scene, when it's like everybody out there trick or treating, she is the lady pushing the stroller with the baby in it. Hmm. She's like, put me in one movie is not good enough, or put put me in once it's not not enough. Yeah. Uh, so, but this leads us into a commercial for Captain Spaulding's Museum of Monsters and Mad Men, a murder ride and fried chicken. Uh, we cut to Spaulding's place of business where we see him crudely dressed as a clown. Uh, we are informed that it is October 30th, 1977. It is Halloween Eve and, uh, he's pretty much hanging out. He's talking to a local friend of his. When suddenly two men in masks burst in and attempt to rob him. One, one man wearing a child's monkey mask. Ah, uh, yeah, that is definitely <laughs> a kid-sized monkey mask. Like, it's, it's covering like 40% of his face. What's his, his name? Little Dick Wick? What, what, little Dick I thought Wick. it was little, little Dick Twick. Maybe it's Wick. I think it's Wick. Because yeah. I got him I got him in here like later on in the kills, but... So Spalding, uh, he res- he resists their demands. Basically, tells them to fuck off, and uh, these two are ultimately killed by Spalding and his assistant Ravelli, which I didn't never that know was... his. I didn't know his name. Yeah. So uh, does it say R- his R- name? Ravelli. Ravelli. Yeah. So I, I think don't... it's Ravelli. And I actually looked into this. I thought maybe that there was something with him. 
that like he's that they talk about him or mention him somewhere else in the movie. I don't I don't think he's mentioned a single time in the in the entire movie. No. Like I thought maybe he was like another member of the family or like a friend of the family. Like they never give any insight on if he's in on like he knows what goes on or anything like that. Cause, I mean he does like axe somebody down in the head. So there is some there was a lot of chopped out scenes for this movie. One of the chopped out scenes involving him is when they burst in with the guns. Uh, Captain Spaulding actually hits like a button under the counter and it alert it alerts his assistant that somebody's trying to rob him. This is why he immediately busts in with an axe and chops him in the head. But they ended up cutting that for some reason. So, yeah, I just I thought it was weird. I ne- I'd never thought about it as many times as I've watched this movie. I was looking for maybe something that I'd never noticed before, but no, I don't think he's ever mentioned a, a single time in this movie. Uh, we see that these two are definitely not strangers to killing people. And uh, next we jump to four young adults on a road trip who are writing a book on a on uh, roadside attractions. We have Bill and his girlfriend, Mary, and Jerry and his girlfriend, Denise. Uh, Bill notices that they are running low on gas and they need to stop at the next gas station. Jerry says he put two or three dollars in the gas tank. And I meant to, and I totally forgot to look up how much gas that would be in 1977. That was a failure on my part. Because I thought, man, two or three dollars now ain't shit. But I guess two or three dollars in the 70s was, I don't know. I would imagine it was probably yeah. like putting ten dollars in your tank. Yeah, not much. Which I mean, if you're on a road trip, you would think you'd put more than ten dollars in your gas tank. Well, Jerry's now. to fuck up. <laughs> yeah, Jerry um, gets him into this whole mess. I, I mean, I, I will say, if I seen a place like this on a road trip, I would one hundred percent stop, even if we didn't need gas. Like this oh, is yeah. a really cool, really cool place. But yes, he does get them into some, some, uh, some shit. They end up stopping at Captain Spaulding's place to refuel where they find the murder ride. And I would be so stoked on the murder ride. Absolutely. Like, I don't really care about the shit that's inside, like the weird stuff in the gas station. But the murder ride? Yes. I'm yeah, going on a murder ride. Yeah. Sure. And it's like from looking outside, you could see it says and murder ride 100%. Well, the whole we're side driving, of it is like you can see the side of this yeah. really cool Almost uh, looks like ride stuff. something that would be in the fair or something yeah. like a like a haunted house in the fair or something you would go through. I would be fucking stoked if we were on a random trip and came across this place. So one thing that's weird is. The, this is, you know, pretty much this whole movie. But these two girlfriends, they don't really seem like they're into, like, these two dudes all that much. And they're definitely not into the trip. One of them says, skip the murder ride. And I'm like, how about we skip letting you go on the rest of this trip? Yeah. <laughs> like, let's not let you back in the car. So the the first impressions of both of them, uh, Mary and Denise, is they're... Seem very stuck up. They suck. Stuck up prudes. They don't uh, seem like they would date either one of these guys. No. And Jerry seems like he would be like, if I had to spend a day with him, I'd probably kill myself in the murder ride. Yeah. Seems very, very, very like one of those ultra hyper annoying. So at this point, um, you know, Bill's Bill's the best character out of the four. Yeah. During uh, during the ride, they learn about a local legend named Doctor Satan. And the story goes 
that he was an intern at Willows County Mental Hospital. Using primitive brain surgery, he believed that he could create a race of superhumans from the mentally ill. Eventually, the local townspeople captured him and hung him from a tree for his evil deeds. But the next day, the townspeople discovered that Dr. Satan's body to be missing. Uh, Even till this day, no trace of him has ever been discovered. He the, just disappeared. The lobotomy expert. Just she, about 77 lobotomies were done with. Well, he's I, he trying to make superhuman, so he may not even been doing lobotomy. He may have just been doing because he's trying to make superhumans, not like zombies. Well, <laughs> you can tell by then this movie he pretty much makes zombies. Yeah, not, he can't <laughs> get away from it. <laughs> looks like he did uh, some very, very, very advanced lobotomies. You know, he wasn't even a doctor. He, did, he was an intern. He did an open brain lobotomy. But he doesn't even know how to do brain surgery. He's just this intern that's like sticking shit in people's brains. But So Jerry uh, is very interested in this story. And he talks Bill into checking out what they call the hanging tree, uh, which is said to be pretty close by. Spalding draws them a map while Denise calls her dad from a payphone, informing him that they are running a little late but should be there by 11 p.m. They fill up on gas and begin to head towards the hanging tree. Uh, we then see a television broadcast about five local cheerleaders that have gone missing in the area of Ruggsville, which happens to be where Spalding and the hanging tree is located. This was the first time that I noticed that Bill Mosley is the newsman. Never Imagine. noticed that. Didn't. Didn't notice that. No, nope. go back and watch it. Bill Mosley is the newscaster. Man, he must just really not like paying multiple <laughs> actors. It's like it's not in the budget. We're all going to have to play two parts here. I'm going to play a part. Sherry, you're going to play a couple parts. Yeah, this was the first time I noticed it. I said, is that fucking Bill Mosley? And then when I was doing my research kind of about the information for the movie, one of the things that popped up was uh, Bill Mosley is the newscaster for the five cheerleaders. And I was like, oh. Knew it. Seen this movie so many times and never noticed that. Yeah. Uh, during their drive, we see that it has started raining very hard, and they come across a girl standing on the side of the road hitchhiking. Against the girl's wishes, they decide to pick the girl up. Uh, we learn that this girl's name is Baby Firefly, and she lives nearby, and she can also take them to the hanging tree. Well, uh, these these girls are stuck up. But I don't blame him here. Like, no, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna pick up uh, a random, better looking than those two girl, and in, in the middle of the night, like, my wife would absolutely kill me if I picked up any female hitchhiking. Let alone even if I was by myself. Like, and then the number one rule of horror movies. I don't, I don't say it's number one, but it's in the top five. Don't pick up people hitchhiking, especially not at night. But we know from serial killers that hitchhiking in the 70s was like huge especially girls like girls her age were getting picked up by you know people for you know they're hitchhiking all the time that's how you know a lot of killers killed women yeah so it's not that far-fetched it is i guess when you consider that they have their girlfriends in the car kind of far-fetched then yeah i don't blame them for being like what the fuck at this point um yeah that's just that's just a bad idea yeah uh, we then see a man hidden on the side of the road shoot out the car's front tire. 
and they think that they just got a flat. I guess they don't realize that their car had just been shot at, but yeah, they pretty much got a flat. Jerry's dumbass did not put the spare tire in the trunk. Jerry has screwed up twice now. This guy's an idiot. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I filled it up with air, but I didn't put it in the trunk. He, okay, he's, well, what's the point of that then? Stick to his day job doing the talking dead. Yeah, so weird, because I remember seeing him on that show and him saying this is the only movie he's ever done. So this is my whole entire film career in one one movie. Well, I mean, he's batting 100% on good horror movies, yeah. at least. Uh, Baby says that her house is within walking distance and that her brother has a tow truck and can fix the car. Her and Bill then begin to walk in the rain to her house. We then meet Otis Firefly. He is a very pale and creepy looking man. I don't know how to really describe him. You kind of really need to see him. Uh, He is standing in front of the missing cheerleaders and rambling angrily, I guess. I I love his ramblings. You know, I was... I was thinking about it and this version of Otis for one, he seems like he has schizophrenia in this one. And in my opinion, this version of Otis is way more scarier than he is in the other two films. Like I don't really, I like Otis in the next two films, but this Otis is scary. No, I agree. I agree. So he kind of plays the same, uh, like, you know, the same mannerisms and stuff but for one the look he's like not super pale they used his actual like facial hair and they didn't didn't put that they used his real hair period they didn't put that white hair so look wise he's much scarier in this movie but he also doesn't have the uh, crazy ramblings that he has in this movie in the other two yeah his ramblings are very like schizophrenic type ramblings because he's talking about his brain is stuck and he's just crust on top of his brain that he needs to get off. Maybe, maybe he got it off. Maybe <laughs> killing them got it off. And then the next day he was fine again and his hair changed color and all that good shit. He's not super pale in the next two movies either. He's not. He got some sun when he had to go outside. And the vitamin D. He had, he had to go out and, and uh, kill Walter Goggins. Uh, sheriff that that changed it all around yeah yeah, he got he got enough son we then see bill and baby arrive at the house where she informs him that her brother already left to pick up the car and they can just wait inside for the others to arrive while waiting inside watching tv we see that baby is very flirty with bill so poor bill poor him yeah suck to be him she is so attractive in this in this movie like just ridiculously attractive yeah she is uh she's got a really pretty face i'll say that i'm not a fan of the the laugh like the laugh is good for the movie but that laugh would drive me nuts like if i was uh, dating someone with that laugh hopefully that's not a laugh in real life no but i mean god but baby firefly that's her laughing oh geez a little later, we see that the car with the others, uh, it arrives with them inside. And uh, they kind of show up hooked to the tow truck, courtesy of Baby's brother, Rufus, a.k.a. RJ. This dude's big as fuck, as he is. Like, he's he's a not as talked about member of the family because he's, he's not, he's only in this one. Uh, but this dude, like, 
If I had to fight somebody, I would not want to have to fight this guy. He's fucking, he's big. He he is in the second one, but he's just in the beginning. Yeah, he's, he's, um, yeah, he's, and he's hidden kind of behind a bunch of, like, homemade plate armor yeah, that yeah. he makes in like the beginning. Kind of steel armor or something. So they all decide to wait inside the house while RJ goes to get a tire to repair the car. And this is where we meet Mother Firefly, baby's mom. And she baby mama's baby, not baby's mama, baby's <laughs> mom. And she is very into Jerry, which is odd, but she's really feeling him. And uh, one of the girls asked to use a phone and is informed that they do not have one. Uh, baby mother, fi- ba- <laughs> baby mother, <laughs> baby mother, mama, five. <laughs> Mother Firefly, there's not even a baby in this fucking sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Mother Firefly extends an invitation for them to join the family for a Halloween Eve dinner. She informs them that they take Halloween very seriously. I guess Halloween Eve as well. (laughs) Little sweet 7.8 ounce beautiful baby Mother Firefly. (laughs) (laughs) Next, we see the group of four sitting at the dinner table. They have been provided these very creepy kind of homemade masks to wear uh, when they look up to see Tiny Firefly. Yeah, up until this point, I would be like, okay, this is a really weird family that really likes Halloween and they're a little off. But, you know, it's a, you know, it's not that crazy. This is where things start getting fucking. This is where things start going downhill. When Tiny walks in, uh, I would have shit my pants. Yeah, I actually have it right here in my notes after the next sentence where I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I'd be pretty scared sitting at this table in these people's houses right now. (laughs) Yeah. Like I would be like, I would rather go sit in the fucking rain until daylight in my car before I sat in these people's fucking house right now. Yeah. There's no way I would, I would, I would be getting the fuck out of there after that. Like, Oh, I bust my chicken in the toaster back at home. I got to get the fuck out of here. My 1977 Uh Uber has arrived (laughs) (laughs) and it is going to be taking me to a hotel slash motel. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny's he's, he's, he's horrifying. And then uh, Grandpa Firefly is the only Firefly out of the family who I fucking can't stand. I hate Grandpa Firefly. This uh, is gross. So t- Tiny is a very tall, skinny, I mean very tall, uh, skinny, silent, and deformed man wearing a mask. He sits down at the table for a moment before getting up to go get Grandpa. Uh, Mother Firefly informs the group, Baby Mama Mother Firefly informs the group that years ago, her husband snapped and went crazy, pouring gas onto Tiny and setting the basement on fire. Tiny survived, but was deformed by all the burns. She says his ears burn off. That sucks. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, so that's not, <laughs> not, not the, the most unfortunate thing to happen to Tiny, but, you know, he's a... Uh, the only time it's like nine foot tall. Like yeah. I think in real life, this guy was like eight and a half foot tall. He was the 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 guy. I wish I wish I could remember the actor's name, but he was like a really awesome down to earth guy. It's sad he passed away from the condition he had, but he was really that tall. 
Like they didn't make him taller or anything. Nope. He was fucking massive. Well, they said uh, that they they had to get a stuntman for him, and his stuntman was seven foot tall. Which and it was probably shorter than him. Probably, probably. They didn't ever say how tall he was. We then see that most of the family is sitting at the dinner table eating when Otis comes down the steps holding a baby fetus in a fucking <laughs> jar. <laughs> so I I watched um the second time I watched it, I watched it with the, the, the captions on. I can't remember off the top of my head. I didn't write it down, but uh, mama actually says the name. Remember she goes and kisses the like baby fetus jar. She actually says the name and it's something weird, like wolf something. Mm. Yeah. They named the baby wolf. Did they ever say like, was the baby like a baby of hers that died? No, I would assume it would have to be. That's why they would be keeping it in a, Jar as if that's normal. I don't know. I put in my notes the dead baby in a jar would be very fucking alarming. Yeah. So Jerry asked he uh, he asked them about the Doctor Satan myth when Otis tells him basically you're not ready to hear the real story. Shut the fuck up. Dinner ends and they take the group into. Uh, I had a hard time describing this like a showroom uh, and their and their house with like a stage and 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 like theater lights. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yeah, they set up like a a, a stage in a, in a big room. It's like a circus, like a circus show. Yeah, I don't even know where they would have the room to put this in this house. It's not that big. Grandpa uh, opens the show with some very vulgar stand-up comedy about fucking prostitutes and eat, uh, vaginal eat, oral eat, sex. It's like... Eat. Eat your mama's pussy. He says the word pussy very, a lot. Very, uh, yeah. He's he's gross. This whole don't, thing don't is very vulgar. <laughs> yeah. Then we see a uh, baby come out dressed as like an old 1940s like dan- dancer, like stage performer. I know there's a word for what she is, but I don't know it. She starts singing, I want to be loved by you while dancing. God is baby terrible at lip singing. Yeah, it's this not, is not really on point. You know, I don't I don't understand what Jerry and Bill are getting out of this. Like they're they clearly like when she walks in, they're both like clearly mesmerized. That's probably the best word to use. And I don't I don't get it. She was much better looking outside of the the she's she's like a burlesque mime. <laughs> That's the <laughs> That is correct. <laughs> if this was Jeopardy, it'd be what is burlesque mime for? <laughs> yeah, uh, sweet, sweet little four point two ounce uh, baby, not baby mother, wolf. Baby, baby wolf. <laughs> it's a baby wolf fetus, but that's that's also human. She sits on Bill's lap, which causes Mary to jump up and push her off, calling her a stupid fucking whore. Baby pulls a knife on Mary, telling her she's going to cut her tits off. And they kind of scuffle or whatever, and the fight is then broken up. Just then, RJ bursts through the door, telling them that the car is repaired, and the group rushes out of the door, jumps in the car, goes to leave. Yeah, they get in this car, and it's like pouring rain. I don't, I don't know is. why I noticed this. I've never noticed it. They, it's like pouring rain. They get in the car, and they're all fucking dry as a bone. I don't didn't, even know how they filmed it that way. Didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's like they just it was just raining on the car. 
digitally added the rain with computers. Computer magic. I don't know. It's 1999. Not good at adding rain. I don't know. Bill hops out of the car at the end of the driveway to open the gates. And uh, Otis jumps down. He's kind of like pretending to be like a scarecrow. Yeah, that's yeah. And he jumps down and attacks him with a bat from behind. Jerry runs up to help Bill, but is then attacked by Tiny, who was also pretending to be a giant scarecrow, and the two men are beaten badly, and the girls are captured. <laughs> How fucking horrifying would that be? It Like, when, when, when Otis jumps down, it's like, yeah, that's creepy, but then they kind of wait, and it makes it look like there's this giant scarecrow right next to him. That's an actual scarecrow, and then... You know, a couple couple minutes later, or I'd say a minute later, he jumps down, and it's like this seven eight foot tall scarecrow with the pumpkin on its head. He takes the pumpkin off, and, and he like looks into the car, and mm-hmm. this is, I think, it's like the only time we see his actual face without that like mankind looking mask on. Yeah, this was uh, this is he takes the pumpkin mask off, and it's like, oh my god, put the fucking mask back on. Like yeah. it's it's uh ten times scarier. I just feel like they set it up like that. Like they they know how fucking scary he is. Just cover him up with the mask and then bust it out. I will say that if I'm them in this situation and I just went through all that, I probably am gonna drive through their fucking gate. Yep, that's what I was thinking. Is I would have been like fuck that gate. Or if if I was dead set on not fucking my car up, I would at least pull like three feet from the gate he stops like 30 feet away from the gate and i'm like bro like what are you doing if he would have pulled up they would have he would have seen he would have maybe seen or the people in the car could have alerted him when they jumped down like they just parked perfectly right in front of these scarecrows yeah i'm i'm getting new headlights uh a new grill whatever i need to do just uh Freshen up the paint job. I don't, I don't care back, what back it is. Into it. I Fuck am, the trunk. I am 100% driving through this motherfucking gate. Uh, so we jump to the next day. It is October 31st, Halloween. We see uh, Denise's dad call the local sheriff in Rugsville and asks him to look into his daughter's whereabouts. She was last heard from at Spalding's and the sheriff agrees to look into it. We then see that Mary is tied up in Otis's room. He is kind of ranting about stuff. She is begging to see Bill. Otis agrees, and he pulls the sheet off his newest creation. The best, I'm going to describe this the best way that I could. So, Bill has been taxidermied slash preserved. In the lower half of his body has been combined with the lower half of a large fish's skeleton. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's about that's about as accurate as, as you can get with this. The first time I seen this, I was like, what the fuck is that? They turned him into like a merman. Yes. Yeah, he is kind of like a merman. They they obviously have like some some like a whole art set. They gotta have some uh let's see, Waytex maybe acrylic sitting around like the the body to the fish was seamless i'll give him that very well combined otis is is very artistic um i'll give him props for that otis has named him fish boy not fish man fish boy for some reason yeah they they skipped out on the merman 
I think that was a good opportunity for Merman, but Fish Boy, uh, yeah, we'll take it. Well, this causes Mary to freak out, and she calls Otis a fucking freak, which she ain't wrong. We next see uh, two cops questioning Spaulding about Denise and her friends. He tells them that he drew them a map to the hanging tree, and that's the last time he's seen them. They decide to drive out to the area and see if they uh, maybe just got lost or they got broke down or something. Uh, next, we cut to Denise, who has been tied up in the basement and redressed. She begs for Tiny to like release her. He surprisingly does. She attempts to escape and is very quickly caught by Otis. The shot of Tiny eating the Agatha Krispies, which I love the name of the cereal. Agatha Krispies is God. fucking great. It's super gross. I hate. Yep. Yeah, that's what I, I was waiting for a pause so I could get to that. It is. It makes me so fucking uncomfortable. Every, maybe one of the most uncomfortable things in this entire movie is him eating this fucking cereal. It yeah. is. It is just. I don't know why it just gets to me. It's like they gave him a bowl of cereal that looks like it was it was cereal and like old brown shit water or something, and then. I don't know, man. I don't know why that gets to me every time. And then the him just releasing her, uh, I've always just thought that was hilarious. One thing I've noticed about this movie was any time there's eating in this movie, it's gross. Yep, yep. That's and this is probably a big reason why I hate Grandpa Firefly because he's, <laughs> he's, he's like every literally he's got in. mashed potatoes like smeared across his fucking face when they're at dinner. Uh, hate it. I have a th- I have a thing. I don't know what it. I don't know if there's an actual phobia for this, but sure, it's like is. food on the face. <laughs> like I absolutely hate when people post pictures of people's babies that got food all over their face. And Brooke will do this, and she'll be like, "Oh my god, look how cute she is!" And it's fucking gross. Like I don't know what even my own flesh and blood <laughs> like. Wipe your fucking face for the love of God. Um, so, so when adults do it, it's even just so much worse when get adult your does fucking it. life together, kid. <laughs> Wipe <laughs> your fucking face. Well, yeah, but not for the bit. Ba- like you know, it's like Brooke has wiped the baby's <laughs> face off, and then people post like their babies are already half the time are like bald, not good looking babies, and then they post them to Facebook and. <laughs> food all over them There's and a I'm lot like, of no, baby hate going nobody on wants here. to see your fucking baby with food all over its face like nobody cares it's gross man well, i'm sorry i had to do the the food on the face phobia rant but uh well, now that we're done with the baby hating no, uh, no i love my <laughs> baby my baby's great I just, I just don't like when brooke doesn't wipe her face off <laughs> We see that the cops have discovered Bill's badly beaten car in a field. They open the trunk to find one of the cheerleaders naked uh, dead body with the word trick or treat carved into it. They immediately realize that this situation is much more serious than they originally thought. They also inform Denise's dad. Got to give a quick shout out to the FX team on the full body dead makeup of the girl in the trunk. They did a really good job doing the the makeup for that. I'll say that. If you ever seen a dead body, they nailed this pretty good. Yep, solid. You know, it's funny because the skin tone of the dead body is the same skin tone as Otis. <laughs> Otis has a little less color. 
It <laughs> <laughs> looks worse. He does. Well, the dead body kind of has some purpling and stuff. Like, you know, they did a really good job with the blood kind of settling in on the skin and it's, you start to kind of purple. And Otis has nothing. Otis yeah. is like a sheet. You know, since we're on this subject, I love Bill Mosley. But if you Google Bill Mosley, there is some, some, not all, some unflattering pictures of Bill Mosley when he goes to like, he'll go to an event and it's like, are you okay? Like he has sometimes like the, um, I need a drink look like, like he sometimes that's like a, like maybe he's an alcoholic. He just don't want to be there look or something. Um, like, like he's had a rough life, that uh, type of look. He, he, he looks, he looks rough sometimes. Maybe he is rough, and maybe that's why he plays his part so good. Yeah, Bill, I will say Otis. Okay, right was here. Made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he kind of looks like, like he might be okay? the bum that you find asking for change at the gas station. But then he has like other like really good like here. So here's another one like. He does the bum look good though. Like that that picture looks like you got the guy from the gas station and you put a suit on him. Yeah, looks normal here. That's, well, it's because he shaved all his. He the thing is with his beard is he doesn't control his beard. <laughs> uh, this was a thing. get your beard on a leash, bro. So be, be, <laughs> before I got a professional job in the real world after I got out of the army. My my late teens and early twenties. This was my beard. It just <laughs> it grew the way my face wanted it to grow. And then when I got out the army and I got into the financial side of business, I was like, okay, how do I how do I fix my fucking beard? Like, how do I make this not look like uh, I'm a caveman? So so Bill Bill Mosley matured as he got older. His beard just didn't. Yeah, his <laughs> beard stayed twenty two. <laughs> I will say though, shout out to Bill Mosley. I love him. He fucking played like he is. I couldn't think of anybody else playing the character of Otis. I mean, in all three movies, he he absolutely just nails this character, but more than the other two in this one. He actually does a lot of voiceover work too, which a lot of people don't realize. But there's a lot of kind of animation type stuff out there. Um, even like even some kind of kids animation that he has done. So he does, he does a lot of voice work too. Yeah. So Otis may be talking to your kids. And you might not even <laughs> oh, know <shit>. it. <laughs> uh, so I've uh, totally <laughs> fucking lost where I am. Okay. So they, uh, you know, they tell Denise's dad and they agree to allow him to accompany the uh, two officers in the search for his daughter, because we learn that he is a retired cop himself. They plan to go to uh, all these like local farms in the area and question everyone on the whereabouts of Denise. They got some pictures that show people, you know, do do that shit that cops do. Next on the chopping block, we see Jerry. It's Jerry's turn. Get to see where Jerry is now. And he is duct taped to a chair. Baby walks in the room wearing one of the dead cheerleaders outfits and she kind of fucks with him for a little bit, but then she eventually begins to cut his fucking scalp off with a razor blade. Like the old timey one that you'd shave with. Yeah, she's scalping him with that. Yeah, he's like, she starts cutting his hair and he's like freaking out at first. And I'm, I'm like, it's if I'm in this situation, like the last thing I would give a flying fuck about is my hair. 
But my scalp, yes, I I could see. I understand him being a little upset about the scalp. Well, especially Jerry, because he doesn't really seem like he gives a fuck about his hair. He doesn't seem like he gives a fuck about anything other than being goofy and doing the talking dead. Obviously, that's an important part of his life. Then we see Grandpa, a.k.a. Hugo and Otis enjoying some downtime while watching the monsters. Which is interesting because Rob Zombie ended up making the fucking Monsters movie like years and years later. Because it's like a fucking Monster super fan. You can tell. He gives off Monster vibes. Seriously. Yeah. Look, on a side note, the the Monsters he made, I'm not going to say anything bad about it. But you you can't have Herman Monster without Fred Gwynn. You just can't. It doesn't work. I, I didn't see it. Because I don't really know a lot about the monsters. Well, I'm, I, well, you know, I'm a big monsters fan. Um, whenever I was a kid, I loved that show. Old Judd, and uh, yeah, w- without old uh, Fred Gwynn playing that part, it's tough. Uh, don't go over there. I will say though, with that movie, like the the colors and the feel and the sets are amazing. Sherry Moon Zombie plays uh, the the part of uh, fuck, what's her name? Uh, Yvonne. Yvonne DeCarlo, um, which plays Mrs. Munster, Lillian. She does really good with that. The colors are amazing, but yeah. Just, I did uh, see the you colors. You gotta have Frank Great. The filming actually looks, looks fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful film. Just to, you know, it wouldn't be bad. The, the, my biggest hang up is I just can't watch Herman Munster not be Herman Munster. It's just too, too goofy. So officers Wydell, Nash, and Denise's dad, Mr. Willis, Pull up to the Firefly house. Wendell says that he's going to knock on the front door and talk to whoever answers and for Nash and Willis to go around back. Mama Firefly informs Otis he gives her a gun and he tells her to play it cool and he will go around back. Mama opens the door and talks to Wydell. He comes inside and he shows her some pictures. Nash and Willis kind of hear some like moaning and kind of some noises coming from the shed out back, which they end up kind of bursting this door open. And they find a truly horrific scene. The face that like Willis is making, like his eyes are like huge and his mouth's wide open. That would be the face I would be making. I totally, I totally am um, and with his vibes on, on what's going on with him when this fucking door opens. I feel you, Willis. I feel you. I'd be fucking scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, def- definitely. With all these tied up, like carved up cheerleaders d- dead. Um, I thought that this this scene, the setup for this scene, how they put this together was just fantastic. Loved it. This total got that grindhouse horror, uh, just dirty, grimy feel to it. And yes, I would have shit my pants. Um, you got to think for uh, Mary, she probably sees this and thinks she's saved. Like, cause she's yeah, because they even she, announces the, the sheriff's department. Yeah, so they she's like, oh my God, thank God I'm, I'm saved. And we don't get to see this in the movie, but you got to think like how much of a fucking letdown it was when, when they get killed. Yeah, they see Mary pretty much in her underwear chained up in like a crucifix position. Words have been like carved into her. She's alive, but she's like kind of struggling to get free. Behind her is all of these like mutilated, naked, dead bodies of all the cheerleaders. 
and they have like pentagrams and shit carved into them. It's it's fucking gnarly. It's good stuff. It's gnarly. Kind of it's it's kind of like a uh Rob Zombie music video. <laughs> it's good kind, stuff. Kind of what it gives vibes for. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought the set was 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 good. Uh Nash begins to yell for Wydell on his radio. Wydell goes to answer him when Mama shoots him in the neck with the pistol. Nash and Willis start running for the car. Now, did you notice how much faster Willis's old ass ran than Nash? Like, he's like 15 feet away. Like, he got way further away than Nash. Did. Nash froze up. He had he to because Willis dusted his ass. Knew how to handle it. He was still shook up about the dog. Did you? Yeah, the cop. That's a big cocker spaniel. I'm still going it's my like, pinky It's about pisses himself over the dog. I, I love how uh, he gets called Barney. Barney and he Christ. says, like, don't, down, you, Barney. don't you start with that Mayberry shit. <laughs> That's like every cop's like worst. That's the worst diss you could ever do. Mm-hmm. Did Denise's dad, Mr. Willis, did he look familiar to you at all? Um, He looks familiar from this movie. I don't know of him being familiar from anything else. So he always looked really familiar to me. And I discovered that he is the old version of Private Ryan from Save It Private Ryan. That's where I I recognized him from. And you remember in Private Ryan, he kind of goes to the grave. Because like in in Private Ryan, you don't realize about saving Private Ryan, right? Yeah, you don't realize like that it's when in the beginning he, he goes to like the you know the military cemetery and you think it's like the main character from saving private ryan tom hanks's character that's now old but then you find out spoiler alert you find out in the end of saving private ryan that the grave is actually tom hanks's character and this old guy is actually the private ryan who he saved in the movie and so there's a couple shots of him at the cemetery and in that very very famous movie they dressed him in the same fucking outfit in this movie as they did in Saving Private Ryan. Hmm. And they had a joke on set that said, Private Ryan survived like World War II, but he ain't going to survive this. Hmm. <laughs> but it's so, hilarious. Was it, intentionally they, it was intentionally done. It was intentionally done. They intentionally put him in the same like pants, jacket, and shirt that he was <laughs> from the other movie that he was famous for. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, he takes off running, and uh, we see Willis get a gunshot to the back, which causes him to kind of stop and freeze, and then he immediately gets another one to the heart, causing him to fall face down into a mud puddle. Otis steps out from behind the shed, holding a forty-five pistol, pointing it right at Nash. Uh, He demands Nash to drop his gun and radio and get on his knees. And we then get this like amazing up high shot of Nash kneeling with Otis standing directly in front of him, holding the gun to his head. The scene is silent and still for like a really long time. It's a really long time. (laughs) Uh, It is finally interrupted by Otis firing the gun into Nash's forehead, killing him instantly. I think I mentioned this scene. I referenced this in one of our first episodes we did. Yeah, I think so. Um, just big shout out to the FX team. I love the the anticipation of the shot. I love the way it's done. Uh, it's a very strange feeling shot. But the bullet, 
even like changing the slight trajectory when it comes out of the other side of the head. Yeah. I love that. Thought thought that was thought that was great. Thought the shot altogether was great. I also wanted to mention, you know, it's kind of fucked up that old Mr. Willis takes off running because you know he recognized that that was his daughter's friend she went on a trip with. Well, he's and he just is like, fuck it, get the fuck out of here. I don't think I really blame him. He Bro, didn't have a gun. If, if my daughter was missing and I thought something had happened and I opened up a shed and her fucking friend that she left with was tied up in this shed, there ain't no way in hell I'm running. Well, he might be running to get to the fucking radio call back. He needs a gun. He needs something. He's old. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, Nash, like, give me your gun, because you ain't doing yeah, shit. He's like, I can't can't rely on this fucking guy. Later on that night, we see that baby, RJ, Grandpa, and Mama have Denise, Mary, and Jerry dressed in rabbit costumes, tied up and hanging from the ceiling. They are chanting for Otis to come downstairs and reveal his Halloween costume. This is my favorite part of this movie. This is... This is um. I would say my second favorite part. I love this part as well, though. I love this part. I remember the first time I seen this movie, you know, I was digging the movie up until this point. But then when we got to this scene, I was like, this is going to be something I'm going to remember, you know, forever about this. If I forget the rest of this movie, if I only see this movie one time, this is going to be the shit that I remember because I remember seeing this and being like, if I, if this happened to me, you might as well fucking kill me because I don't think I'd ever recover from something like this. Yeah, this is you can tell this movie was written by somebody who absolutely loves horror. Like you you can't take a writer who doesn't enjoy horror movies and gets paid to write a horror script for a studio. They're not going to come up with this like this is you got to be a little fucking demented to even think of this. Well, this, uh, and I, I love it. This Sounds is kind of like what we were talking about with with Trick or Treat, where you can tell that movie was was written and directed by somebody who loves Halloween. This movie was written and directed by somebody who loved horror, grindhouse horror. Yeah, yeah. it's um, I don't know, man. It's just it's just like I said, you, you gotta you gotta have that right frame of mind to even think to write something like this in it. And then the execution is fantastic. Like the way the FX team does it, and it, they they make it hard to like make a f- cut off of somebody's skin and make it look like that person, but it does. Like as soon yeah, as you see job. it, you can you realize that it's it's her dad. So Otis appears at the top of the steps, unrecognizable. He is wearing a Christmas like Santa type cloak, and this is where we get the "I am the one who brings the Christmas candy." Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? I am the one who brings the devil's brandy. There's like a whole little kind of thing as he's walking down the steps and he slowly walks down the stairs towards Denise, finally pulling the hood of the cloak back to reveal that he is wearing her father's face, chest, and forearms as a fucking costume. Yeah, he didn't stop with the face, man. He went full on like... Ed Gein, I'm I'm cutting the whole I'm I'm doing the whole body. He is wearing Willis. Currently. He is he he is Willis for Halloween, and it came out as a really good costume. I will say, uh, ten out of ten, if you can get it somewhere, it's it's a really good thing to be for Halloween. It's 
scare the fuck out of uh, this guy's daughter. He then says, give daddy some sugar oh, God. and kisses her on the cheek. Bro, and he's tonguing her through her dad's fucking cut off face. Like, th- it is so uncomfortable. That's what I'm saying. You, you got to have like that right demented level of thinking to even think of coming up with this. But when he's tonguing her through his, through his dead cut off face, it's just it's like skin crawling uncomfortable. I absolutely believe that this scene was is is like so loved in this movie that this they kind of in the Devil's Rejects do something similar, where he kills that girl's husband and peels his face off and then puts it on her, so she's wearing like her husband's face. Like, mm-hmm. how do you how do you take a step up from this? You you, you do that. Yeah. You, you make the person wear their like loved one's skin. That's and when, that's, that's even when he, worse. When he like leaves her alive and hangs her up in the hotel. Yeah, she right, takes off running. She gets hit by that fucking semi, truck. Which, yeah. you know, thank God for her because I don't think she'd ever recovered from that. No, that was probably a, a, a blessing in disguise as a semi. So Otis then spins him around till he gets to Jerry and he tells him that he is going to let him meet the real Dr. Satan and that the whole story is true. The boogeyman is real and you found him. They then march the three of them out into a field where there's this like hole in the ground with a uh, big winch above it. They reveal uh, this big coffin and Mary breaks free and attempts to escape with baby chasing after her. They place Denise and Jerry into this coffin and proceed to lower them down. There's this, this right before this, right before they put them in the coffin, Mama does like this really long like make out session with jerry and all i could think about was her gross ass teeth (laughs) like she looks like she just took a handful of like the black uh licorice and ate it and it's like in her teeth it's It's funny you mention her teeth. this is what bothers me the most about the devil's rejects is the lady they got to play her they don't they don't fuck her teeth up like she has like perfect teeth so i think she has like dentures in um this is supposed to be the next day and that i don't know why the teeth that's always what what's bothered me the most about that switch like if you're gonna switch the character because you can't get the other actors actress to play the part you know that's one thing but she's so known for having her fucked up ass nasty teeth you kind of gotta put that in the second one is she it looks like she just ate barbecue chicken and left the sauce like in her teeth it's 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 maybe she's into that thing that girls are into brushing their teeth with charcoal and she just hasn't had a time to rinse her mouth out yet yeah but there's some yellow in there too so (laughs) yellow toothpaste maybe she just started maybe she yeah (laughs) this this is why she needs to charcoal yeah also when they when they start lowering them down in this coffin I don't really understand this. Denise is yelling for Jerry to like wake up. How the fuck did Jerry fall asleep? Like he was just awake. Probably fucking passed out. From From that kiss. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you know what? I take that back. I totally understand why Jerry fucking passed out. (laughs) Because if she kissed me with them fucking teeth. Teeth that she probably has not brushed since. Back when she had a phone in 57. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I feel she like got, I'm going to take got a rid shower. Of the toothbrush and the phone at the same time. I just weren't working for. When we're done with this, I'm going to go brush my fucking teeth. <laughs> That's how grossed <laughs> out I am. Oh, yeah, he God. he died of fright. Oh, yeah. Uh, he just couldn't handle it I'm anymore. He fainted. Brush my teeth with bleach. So Mary runs through the woods and she ends up at this like huge homemade graveyard. I mean, it's fucking huge. And uh, baby comes up from behind her, tackles her down to the ground. She then begins to brutally and repeatedly stab Mary in the chest with a very large hunting knife. And she then starts licking the blood from the knife. This is my favorite part of the movie. Now, that might be surprising. I don't, the, the, I don't know what the, it, the murder of Mary. The murder of Mary. Wow, it is. I'm not the biggest fan of Sherry Moon's acting and uh, some other stuff, but she plays this part great. Like this is this part was was made for her. Literally, it was her first movie. So she, it, it's just so uncom- For one, it's brutal. Like the stabbing is absolutely brutal. But then, as soon as she gets done stabbing she has the shoo shoo goes to maiden line and she does the little like very innocent high pitched like laugh like almost childlike laugh that she has and then she licks the knife and i don't know why that part it's just always been for one the the brutality of the scene i, I think is awesome it's great for horror like the stabs are just repeated the blood splatter on her white dress I think is great from a uh, cinematography view, but just to show her that contradiction in her personality, like she has this such a sweet like tone to her, but she's so brutal. And this shows you that she's not just one of the family members that goes along with this. She is one of the killers. She like, is she a is, leader of she, this. Yeah. She she's is one a, of the leaders. Her it, and Otis are, yeah together yeah because before this you don't really you can't really tell she's just like maybe otis is just a killer and she's just one of the crazy family members that goes along with it no she's one of them and then i don't i don't know why i'm fucking weird but when she licks the knife is that's just always been very intriguing to me yeah when when i i know i'm a weirdo for that but when i seen this scene i was like i've got to get a psychiatrist on speed dial because I'm oddly attracted to her in this scene, and I don't, I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> it yeah, doesn't so, say anything good. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I, I struggle with putting that in my notes. If I should say that that intrigued me that much, <laughs> do I want to tell people that there's something wrong with my brain? <laughs> I mean, if this was real life and she's licking like somebody's blood off the knife, yeah, that's weird. But knowing this is a movie, I don't know why that, that like. She's like straddling her and just got done killing her. And then she licks the blood off of this knife. And for some odd reason that causes other blood and me to go other places. <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, I, yeah, we, you tell that psychiatrist that, that we have two appointments. <laughs> yeah. You know, at the beginning of the film, it's, it's almost like the family or mainly Otis possibly is you use his baby as kind of like the bait, you know, the hot girl that yep. gets the guys to show up to do something that they would normally not do because it's a bad idea. And that is very true in real life. Us men will do bad ideas when it comes to women. That's, you know, you, you can talk us into some, some shit if you want to. Uh, but it, 
this point you realize that she's not just the bait. Like she is a the bait, but she is, you know, she is being the bait for her own advantage because she enjoys doing this shit too. Yeah, she is a it's fucking not, it's not just for the Otis or anybody else. Like if she was by herself, she'd still do all of this. Yeah, she's a killer and not just any killer. She's a fucking savage killer. Like as excited as she gets to chase Mary down and then straddle her and brutally murder her. And then like it's just something about the little innocent laugh afterwards and the the weird shoo shoo goes to maiden line that she has. It's, I don't know. Everything about this scene though is I, I love I love it. Love this scene. Well, this is when, in my opinion, the movie kind of becomes like a bit of a fever dream. I feel like Rob Zombie did some acid and wrote the rest of this movie from this point on. Yeah, they literally have a catacombs under their house. Yeah, so, you know, once they lower them down, these like zombie-like creatures come up out of the water and they, they rip this coffin apart, which... You know, they must have really strong hands to just rip apart this wood coffin. There's so, there's something about zombie-like creatures coming out of the water, too. That's always in any horror movie. Super creepy. Um, but I don't know if these are like... I, th- I think these are supposed to be the people that Dr. Satan has been working on. Like, yeah. people that he fucked up. You know, this... Anytime you have zombies coming out of the water and it's creepy, like I feel like, at least for me, that started in Toy Story where those soldiers come out of the fu- <laughs> come out of the fucking mud puddle yeah. when they're trying to scare Sid. It scares. And they got Sid. like the nail like in his head and his like legs totally like crooked and like fu- and there's like three of them. It's and all the like, ones Sid's and tortured. They're literally walking like zombies too. Like that is exactly what they're supposed to be. And I remember being a kid and being like. Man, this is great. This is cool. This is all. What the fuck is that? <laughs> like, are those zombie army men? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. The, every time I see it, like any, any, like dead or zombies or anything like that coming out of the water, I think back at the original Poltergeist, the pool scene, which is super fucking scary scene, too. Well, they actually use real dead bodies for that well you got the oh. poltergeist i got toy story <laughs> i could see the toy story that's uh it worked it scared the shit out of sid um so after they rip the coffin apart they end up dragging jerry kind of off into the darkness denise starts like looking around realizing that she is inside some kind of like underground tunnel like place in the catacombs yeah exactly what this is uh she finds this old kind of crazy man who ends up ripping her bunny costume off. Funny thing about this old crazy guy. So he's wearing pretty much the top part of Jerry's bunny costume. And this funny little funny story, Rob Zombie's mom, when she watched this movie, thought that Rob Zombie (laughs) played that part in the movie. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That's bad when your own mom is like <laughs> thinks that you played that. That the guy's old as fucking shit. Rob Zombie like kind of looks like that though. Like Rob Zombie <laughs> looks like when he a gets grimy up, old man. When he gets up in the morning, he doesn't get his coffee first. He goes out and rolls around in some dust. <laughs> 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 he comes back in and he gets his coffee. He does. I'm pretty sure when he goes on tour, he just never showers. 
Like, we, I'm pretty sure he just rolls in that mud and he just, that's how he play. Like, we, we've seen him live. I was about was to say, we, dirty, we, dirty as shit. We've seen him live <laughs> and he came out and he looked like he had been wearing those clothes for two years. Yeah. In a dust storm. For sure. Yeah. It, it, but I thought when that, I first <laughs> seen this scene, I, went the, I remember the first time I ever watched this, when I seen this scene for the first time and these two, like this old man, this other weird thing comes and like rips her clothes off. I thought, it was I thought she was going to get raped. <laughs> I did. I, I, Rob was, Zombie. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, man, this, this is, this movie's rough. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy there wasn't a rape yeah, scene. He, this part. He, you can do all the skinning of people's dads and wearing their their skin suit. You can scalp people. You can torture teenage high school cheerleaders. Don't don't rape. We don't need the rape. Yeah, the rape is when it gets real. Yeah, I I mean this is the very reason why I have only seen Last House on the Left twice. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, that is a that is a tough scene to watch, but it's it's one of those scenes where. I've said this before, when a horror movie can make you truly feel something, like no matter what that is, whether it's dread or disgust or fear, that is when a movie does its job really well. And specifically that house on the left, uh, the last house on the left, is uh, that watching that scene is tough. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the Firefly family. They're like gathered at this homemade graveyard for some kind of ritual involving Mary's dead body. And Otis looks like the lead singer of Ghost here. <laughs> this is the lead singer of Ghost, actually, probably. He probably this, oh, I'm sure he ripped off because Ghost didn't. I'm pretty sure they didn't exist in 2000. Bro, Otis is so much cooler than the lead singer of Ghost. He, he, I mean, he totally stole this look. Like he, And I did notice in this watch that even though he now has his face painted and stuff, he has removed his Willis costume all but the chest. He's still wearing the chest. He I don't was, know why. He was, he was, the chest turned out really good. <laughs> he's, he's got that like, big tattoo on there. He's like, I've never had the chest come out this good. Um, chest, just, chests are hard to skin. Yeah, I, I would imagine, you know, you got, you got nipples to deal with. You got to think that's right. Tough. What if you peeled the chest skin off and the nipple stayed? Like they just kind of like are cut out, like rip out because your nipples are attached to glands that go throughout your body. Uh, Even on males, there's like, uh, I think you have like all mammals have, I don't know, like eight of them, I think, throughout your body. But yeah, I would imagine that the nipples pretty connected on the inside, just like a skinned body with nipples. Got hookups in there. (laughs) Denise one, uh, wanders further into the tunnel system where she starts to see like tons of dead bodies. Like they're kind of just lined up on the walls. They've been there for a long time. She eventually reaches an opening that is lit up with a big door made of bones. And that bone chandelier is fucking awesome. Bro, this is, I was trying to think of how to describe this in my notes. It is a cathedral of death. That's yeah, what this is. That's actually good. It is really a good. perfect cathedral of death. Yeah, so she walks through a door to find uh, many mentally ill and deformed people kind of just chilling, watching TV and eating. And more nasty eating shots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good God. Now, fuck you, Rob Zombie. Yeah. Fuck uh, you for this. 
don't eat and watch this movie because you will not want to continue eating. She hears a uh, power tool like off in the corner and she looks to see Jerry strapped to an operating table with his skull cut open. A very old and very gross looking Dr. Satan is doing surgery on Jerry's brain. Yeah, he wanted to meet Dr. Satan and now, and now he knows all about him. Boogeyman's real. You found him. I love how they got his head fucking split open like his, his you know, his skull's all showing he's about to get his skull cracked open and i couldn't tell at first if it was supposed to be his brain that was i think showing i, I think it, it's a skull and they, there's right before they he's he's cutting on the skull and that's what he's about to take off is the top of the skull no he it's actually he's already removed the top of the skull and it's his brain and the reason they i know do this a good job at the brain then just well saying. what they because they they remember they flipped to a, like a negative so it's hard to see but the reason I know this is because I actually seen Chris Hardwick um, show a picture. He got like a picture while they were doing his makeup for the scene. And it's literally like the top of his his dome cut off is like just a brain or whatever. But yeah, that's cool. it's a cool shot regardless. Yeah, Let's they see. shouldn't have flipped it to negative. That was yeah, a, it makes that it wasn't really a good, hard. That wasn't a good. I don't really like any of the negative. They do that a couple times where they flip everything to like a negative. I don't uh, mind it. I don't, uh, like it. I, don't, I don't mind it. I think it's cool in some shots, but apparently it fucked up a good brain shot because I couldn't tell if it was just his skull or his brain. But uh, either either way, really cool shot. He's he's about to get that uh, Dr. Satan lobotomy. Yep. Which, as you could see by the other people in the room, it works to great success. Apparently. Then we see a uh, like a very... He's hard to he's hard to describe. A very muscly, very red, like the like a you know like the color like red like a red marker, a red pen. He's red, deformed creature man guy. This is my I, I my bloody Valentine him. man. He is yeah, like the guy. He's from... Super red though. Like and he's yeah. like he's like he's like a gym guy. He's like a. What are they called? Gym rats. <laughs> he goes to the gym four times a week. <laughs> he's, he's 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 got workout equipment made of bones. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, he's he's out there. He's he's pumping some uh some uh, marrow. And so you call it pumping iron. He's pumping marrow. He's like talks to Otis. He's like, hey, could you get me some pre workout? I'm trying trying to get ripped, bro. <laughs> <laughs> This is Earl. This is Earl Firefly. Yeah, this is Earl. Yeah. This is uh, Tiny's dad, and I believe it's not really mentioned, but um, it's very highly uh, kind of assumed that, based off the other movies, that this is Tiny and Rufus's dad, and that Captain Spaulding is Baby and Otis's dad. You're almost right. So I found out tonight, actually, that uh, Captain Spaulding is Baby's dad. Otis is not bloodline related to any of them. He was actually um, kind of adopted into the family. Well, maybe they should put that in the fucking movie. Well, that's the reason that he doesn't call Grandpa Grandpa. He calls him Hugo. He's I wouldn't call that guy Grandpa either. <laughs> well, everybody else calls him Grandpa. All the rest of the family calls him Grandpa. But then there's a scene where he's like, don't you start with me, Hugo. So he is actually, and then he also kind of talks shit about ne- Captain Spaulding. They because, never put that in the movie. Yeah, no, it's it's in it's in the uh, kind of like when you when you research the movie, it's like 
Because they're probably, probably Rob Zombie said it in an interview or something. Well, so the thing about Rob Zombie is he's been asked about it many times, and he essentially says, I don't know, man. I just wrote the story. Like, I didn't write it to make any sense. He's, he said he's even heard the theory about this uh, red uh, muscle guy, <laughs> this gym guy. <laughs> um, he's him, a personal trainer. <laughs> yeah. He's got an ad on, like. <laughs> fucking facebook and shit <laughs> he's got it indeed this is the personal trainer you do not want your wife going to so he said he's heard the theory about this being earl which i pretty sure they show the him saying yeah, this, hold on now this isn't a theory no. this is they show this in the movie this like, is according to rob they, zombie well rob zombie don't know what the fuck he, he wrote in his own acid, movie i'm telling you <laughs> I'm, th- I'm th- he obviously forgot when that was asked about because they show him like they pouring the shit on tiny on, on yeah, tiny and if you look it up on on uh the the fan wiki it he that is him yeah, I that know. Is him. Rob yeah. Zombie just does, smokes a lot of pot and doesn't remember what he wrote. A lot of dirty pot. They must have got it confused with sprinkles of dirt. His fucking <laughs> joints. Mexican weed. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he, he says, though, he's like, yeah, I've heard that theory and it makes sense. But he says, did I write it like that? No. He's like, honestly, like, I didn't really write that character as being anybody besides like this right. guy in this tunnel. I think he's wrong. I think he did write it that way and I think he forgot because he put it in the fucking movie. Well, Rob, he, he, if uh, you're listening, you need to set the fucking record straight, okay? You, you need to watch your movie because you, <laughs> you put it in the he movie. He doesn't like to. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like watching this movie at all. Yeah, you, you definitely need to pop pop House of a Thousand Corpses and don't pop anything else like acid or anything and watch it. Well, people's even tried to ask him about like, you know, are Otis and Baby like are they both um are they both Captain Spaulding's kids? And he's like, Yeah, I don't know. They they say that in the second movie too. <laughs> and and, think, and the Devil's Rejects, think, they talk about that. I think when he made the Devil's Rejects, he's like, I gotta do something because people keep asking me about this shit. Yeah. Um Yeah. Watch your movies, Rob. So anyway, my my opinion though, this is the scariest fucking guy in the movie. He, Doctor Satan, he has this build up the entire time, and Doctor Satan is creepy, but he looks like uh, I could I could probably beat him with the can't with, even, with my arm tied behind can't even my hold back. His arms up, on it. <laughs> yeah. He has to. He had to build a machine to hold his fucking arms up. How does he now, wipe his ass? He doesn't. He doesn't. He goes with the old Rob Zombie feel. He doesn't wipe his ass. His ass is as gross as Mama's teeth. It's just nothing gets cleaned here. No, this nothing's been cleaned in this household since fucking fifty eight. When yeah, they got rid of that phone, when they got rid of the phone, everything changed. They did spring cleaning for the last time. Ditched the phone. Ditched the toothbrushes. No more teepee. It's a waste of money. Nash says, uh, "You think these some bitches have yard sale?" <laughs> <laughs> they did such a good job making the house look like a hoarder's house, like a junky hoarding house that you would see in real life. Uh, they nailed that shit. For being on a back lot. Faux but, show. But yeah, Earl Firefly, in my opinion, is the scariest uh, looking one out of all of them. Obviously, the scariest, the one I would least likely to have hold of me is Otis, because Otis is fucking nuts. But as far as look-wise, yeah, Earl Firefly 
scary looking fucking guy. So yeah, he you know he shows up. He walks into the room. He's holding an axe and he's wearing like this breathing apparatus like over his face. He starts to go after her. She kind of takes off running like back down this tunnel. She ends up at uh, the dead end. And he like removes his mask for a moment to like puke a little. <laughs> All that running made him sick, man. He just pulls it down and he, a little bit of like jelly he, puke just he, comes out of his he, mouth. He took too much pre-workout. You know, taking too much pre-workout yeah, to make you sick. That's what it was. Uh. So he has her cornered and he goes to strike her with the axe and she suddenly kind of dodges him. He ends up hitting a support beam, causing part of this uh, tunnel system to collapse and it crushes him and leaves him unconscious. Yeah, he, he is the scariest, but he's not he's not the best in the family at killing people. So that's why he's in the basement. The funny thing about this scene is I don't know why they did this, but that was a real axe that was very sharp. And the actor who is playing uh, this red gym man, he's got these goggles on and apparently he could not see very well out of them. And he could not see when he went to like swing the axe at her. He couldn't really see where he was like supposed to like miss her, but kind of looked like he was going to hit her. And she didn't move in time. And he almost chopped her in the head with the fucking real axe. <laughs> And so Rob Zombie tells this story and he goes, yeah, we almost fucked up really bad. And we thought that the actress would just move. And then like she did not So luckily he missed her just barely. But she just didn't move out of the way. Like, what the fuck? They have like safety people and rules on movies. Not in 2000. And, and they didn't. I would imagine this was something that was shot in his basement. And that's probably why it was the only I just grabbed an axe in his in his basement, whatever he had laying around. He goes like and a, a, gets like, it out of the dirt pile in his yard. <laughs> Universal <laughs> would never let them use a real axe and almost kill. I mean, we almost got a really good horror shot though. Yeah, well, I mean, that'd have been <laughs> that'd this have movie been, probably would have never been seen. Fuck, if she no. would have got killed. Like we would have never. This movie would have never left the shelf. No, Universal. especially being the type of movie it is. No, no, this would have never seen the light of day. Uh, so I'm glad that she didn't get cut. I was saying yeah. this creates like a hole in the ceiling of the tunnel and she kind of passes out for a while, but then she eventually wakes up. She climbs out of the hole in the ceiling and is greeted by the morning sun. They skipped the part where a uh, little tiny little baby mama firefly went in and, and kissed her too. That's why she uh, passed out. Yep. She couldn't take she it. She probably thought about the kiss. Yeah. She's like, Oh yeah. And then that was it. Uh, very much exhausted and in shock, she walks out to the road where a car pulls up and stops. She has survived the ordeal. She is now making her final escape. So I get that she's like the final girl here, but I don't really get final girl vibes from her. Like I do no, wish that they would. I don't really know what they could have done, but final girls are normally likable. She's not. It's not even it's not even that. I feel like she she's not. only becomes a final girl for like 10 minutes of this movie. Rob Zombie is not good with final girls. If you've yeah, looked in the past, this is true. He's not good. Pretty much all of his movies. That that 31 where where 
Cherry Moon Zombie is the final girl. Like that is one of the hardest Rob Zombie movies for me to watch. That's, yeah, but you can rough. you can you still get the final girl vibe from her in that movie. This movie is non-existent. I don't get the final girl. I get such a cringe vibe from that's when you know, I watched that movie. Until we just covered this movie. Now I'll admit this. I don't have any problem admitting it. I didn't know either one of these girls' fucking name. <laughs> as many times as I've seen this movie, I've never paid attention to either one of their names. Bro, every movie we've covered, <laughs> I have not known the names of the characters. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I knew like Otis and Baby and Baby. You knew the little, important little, little seven pound, three ounce, little baby mama, Firefly. I, I knew her name. But I, I, outside of the like two or three main characters <laughs> in every movie we've we've covered, you have like a three name limit. <laughs> I do. Like my brain is terrible with names, like absolutely terrible. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I I didn't even know they had names. Well, for me that's different though, because I for some odd reason can normally remember when a movie comes out, like when like what year it came out. I can remember like a lot of the actors that are in it. I can remember a lot of the character names. In this movie, I have never paid any attention or remembered either one of their names. Oh, did you know Jerry or Bill's name? Yep. I didn't. I definitely did. I didn't. I knew it as Dwight. (laughs) (laughs) The talking dead guy. (laughs) Yeah, Dwight and the talking dead guy. Oh, shit. (laughs) But anyway, the driver of the car is revealed to be Captain Spaulding. He tells her that everyone has been looking for her and not to worry. He's going to get her to a doctor and get her to safety. So comforting. And as they drive off, she kind of starts to pass out. And then we see Otis sit up in the back seat, holding a big ass knife. She then gets awakened by the sound of a drill. And we see that she is now strapped to Dr. Satan's operating table. That's Great it. ending. That's it. Love it. I remember the first time I watched this movie. By this point, I kind of forgotten about Captain Spaulding and didn't necessarily think that he was part of the family. And especially the way he's being so comforting there at the end. After she, uh, Night of the Living Dead style, pops out her hand out the ground and crawls out and flags him down. I, I love that. I love the ending. Yeah, they um, did a really good you job kinda, with the, that reveal. You think about it. At least I did the first time I watched it because they start the movie out with him and he's he's like this badass don't give a fuck clown and he kills those two dudes and then they go on to the rest of the family and you kind of think are they are they connected and then by the end of the movie you kind of have forgotten about him and you think well well I, he's done talk to the police like it's probably not part of the family and then that the reveal at the end I loved. Well, the family even talks about him at the dinner table and they pretty much they don't mention he has anything to do with the family. They pretty much are like he's some crazy old, you know, guy yeah. who wants to sell people junk. They talk shit about him. Yeah. 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 They do a really good job with that. Yeah. So uh, I, I love that ending. Thought that was great. And, you know, I love movies that everybody dies in. Very grim movies, especially yeah. when they're not likable characters. And none of these people were likable characters. I liked Bill. Bill was, uh, he was a, I'll say he's a neutral character. Oh, I really liked Bill. I didn't think. He's the only one I really liked. I didn't, I wouldn't be like, it wasn't like in Vacancy when David dies and you're like, oh no, I really like David. It was like, he was neutral. I didn't want to see him die. He's no David. 
He is no David. He is definitely no David. Yeah, he was the only one I didn't dislike. Was just how I'll put it. So anyway, I love movies where everybody dies. It's uh, especially a cast like this. So I thought it was a great ending. Uh, so I got a couple cool things about this movie. We'll go over real quick. This was Dennis Fimple's last film, who played Grandpa slash Hugo. He was very sick with heart disease during filming. That is why most of his scenes uh, were him pretty much sitting down. However, this is fucked up. He died in a car crash in 2002. Oh, fuck, man. Now I feel bad. <laughs> so when I read that, I was like, oh, man, he died from heart disease right after. That. And then it's like, no, he died in a car wreck. Like heart disease didn't even get him. Car wreck. You know what's weird? So I never knew that, but I knew about the other two movies. So these movies, all three of them in this Firefly family series. So he died before this one ever came out. Mm -hmm. The guy who plays Tiny died yep. before uh, The Devil's Rejects made it to theater. He died right after they filmed. And Bill Mosley died before Three from Hell could make it to theaters. Right before. Bill Mosley died. Not Bill Mosley. Sorry. <laughs> it's like Bill Mosley dead. Dude, I told you I'm ter terrible with names. Sid, Fucking Captain Sid Haig. Sid Haig. Captain like, Spaulding. I thought you were breaking the news to me that Bill Mosley was dead. I was this, like, if this if this was on video, you should have seen the look on my fucking face. <laughs> You could have oh, had a man. TikTok video telling me Bill Mosley just died. No, was, <laughs> what? <laughs> Bill Mosley died, and he died when Three from Hell came out. <laughs> that was a while ago. What the fuck? No, to my knowledge, Bill Mosley is still alive. Sherry, Sherry Moon Zombie died right after it came out. <laughs> Wait, what? She died before the monsters came out. <laughs> and Rob Zombie died. He drowned in a bunch of dirt. <laughs> he buried himself alive for part of his show. <laughs> it's for a movie. It's an art thing. No, oh, man. I hope nobody hears that and they stop and they're like, Bill Mosley's dead. <laughs> they should pause the episode and call their friend. Dude, I just heard Bill Mosley died. <laughs> Oh man, this could create shock. This could create one of those like death. Um, what are they called? Like when <laughs> the it's like rumor, death the rumor. Death when rumor. you find out a celebrity and like everyone's saying it. Chuck Norris has died <laughs> seven hundred fucking times. Chuck Norris is dead. Yeah, it, yeah. Okay. So. All right. So Bill Mosley's alive, at, at least as long as he hasn't died since in the last twenty four hours, and we don't know about it. Um, but yes. That was a very serious thing that was going on. For you made it to uh, made it into a yeah you made it into a comedy. It was a simple mistake. <laughs> so yeah, every, every one of these movies I though has had one of the the uh, actors, one of the Firefly family members, die before the movie came out. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to this episode. Like when I'm editing it and I come to this part and I can hear my reaction. We're like, cutting that shit out. <laughs> Bill mostly died. We're, we're cutting that out. I, gonna... I think my voice broke a little. <laughs> I was like upset. Nah, man. He did, 
he was alive after <laughs> this. He 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 actually um, it, it was uh, right after thirty one, and he passed. My eyes are <laughs> raining. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Grandpa, in the original ending of the movie, it was to be revealed that he was actually Doctor Satan. Well. Like as Rob Zombie was like, I can't do anything that makes sense. I can't connect any <laughs> dots here. Yeah, and he was he was originally not called Doctor Satan. He was like called the Mad Doctor. It was the original name. So I'm glad they changed that because Doctor Satan's way better. Well, I learned when I looked it up with Earl that Rob Zombie can't remember writing about in the movie. He's actually the professor. No, yeah, I didn't. He's I didn't Earl, Earl the professor, and he works with Doctor Satan. But, no, but I'm glad that. that they didn't do Grandpa as Dr. Satan. Yeah, that would have been kind of too obvious. Grandpa sucks. Not the guy who played him, of course. He's dead. Rest in peace. Yep. The original 105-minute version of the film was screened at a film festival before Lionsgate got it. This version was then leaked on a file-sharing website. So the original uncut version of the film is out there somewhere. There are people that have the 105-minute uncut version of this movie. If somebody listening knows where we can find that, please send it to us. Absolutely. Yeah, it is circulating out there amongst many people. I guess it is It is considered a very rare find if you come across somebody who's like burning on a DVD. But it has been known to um, be in people's personal collection, which is fantastic. Yeah, that, that would be awesome to come across i don't even think rob zombie has that back in back when it came out in 2003 it probably took him two and a half days to download the damn thing i remember downloading shit back then was slow no yeah it probably came with like uh 47 viruses on your computer too yep the lime wire days or was it was it the casa was Kaza come before LimeWire? No, LimeWire was first. You know, I actually heard mm, something I interesting don't know about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the button. I disagree. Right, well, I'm gonna disagree. Kaza, Kaza was first, man. Uh, so I actually heard something interesting about LimeWire the other day. Is you know how you had the free LimeWire, which is what 99 percent of the people used, and then they always advertised that there was a LimeWire Pro that you could pay for. And I I don't I don't remember what it did. Maybe it downloaded, it downloaded fast, yeah, or something. something. So then I found out that people used to actually get on LimeWire and look up LimeWire Pro and download it for free. That is the most LimeWire thing I've ever fucking heard in my life. That is so funny because <laughs> remember you could used to be able to share anything on there, including software. So somebody bought. LimeWire Pro and then just put it on LimeWire and then people just downloaded LimeWire Pro for free. It's <laughs> like genius. That, yeah. Shout out to LimeWire for not catching that. Yeah. Um they're like it's it's against our uh it's against our morals to take anything off. Yeah. It's, it's like the dark web before the dark web. Well, anybody can put anything on here. We we can't take it off. Despite only appearing in horror movies, Sherry Moon Zombie doesn't like horror films. Well, boo, that sucks to hear. That's weird. So she says that they scare her too much. She doesn't watch them. Well, that's um, weird. She was great in this movie, but maybe that's why she's not great in her other films. (laughs) 
Although she did play funny, we're doing actually. Uh, she's gonna be in next next week's episode too. Oh but yeah, she she plays. I didn't think about that. She plays uh, uh Michael Myers' mom really good. She plays a trashy stripper mom very good. She is really good in that movie actually. Yeah, I, I agree. Say. I agree. That's um, besides this movie. It's probably my second favorite movie she's in. Yeah, I put this film series as first, and then she. I think that that's the second best thing she's ever played, and then everything that's is probably downhill from there. So, Lily Munster, I, I will say she did better than I thought she would at playing that. But that's not a horror movie. So this one's really cool. This house, the House of a Thousand Corpse house, was used by Slipknot in the music video Left Behind. Ah. That is. That's cool. That's awesome. If I was a famous band, I would also shoot a video at this house. Did they do it specifically because it was the uh, House of a Thousand Corpses house or was it because they were working with Universal Records? I'm going to assume the first one, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I would like to believe they've it's never the first really, one as well. I don't think they've ever really commented on why they used it, but. So the stuntman standing in for Harrison Young, who is um, old Private Ryan slash Denise's dad, Willis, had to lie face down in a puddle for the entirety of the comically long 26 second tracking shot where Otis shoots Officer Nash. And hold his breath for 26 seconds in that fucking puddle. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> You couldn't have gave him a straw or something that you couldn't see. <laughs> yeah, rigged up like an air breathing tank. Like oh, this was the most unmovie movie made ever. Like they almost killed somebody with an axe. They almost drowned an old man in a puddle that Rob Zombie just got done rolling in. Yeah, for I was the say, day. Fun fact: that was actually Rob Zombie's puddle that he got into <laughs> to wash every night. That wasn't initially a hole. It just became a hole for Rob Zombie. That was his rolling around spot when he got up for the day. You know, like a dog like scratches his back. He lies on his back and does that like wiggle. And does he, he does. does he go out in the yard rolling shit? So he's got a favorable <laughs> smell. <laughs> uh, and the last one is in an interview in 2014, Zombie admitted that despite the film's cult following, he doesn't really like it uh, because it was his First time writing and directing, all he sees is the flaws in it. Well, that sucks. Yeah, but I'll say there's some people out there who really like this movie that probably don't like Rob Zombie too much. So, uh, that was mean. I shouldn't have said that. that was, <laughs> but this is a good movie, man. Watch the movie again. Uh, it's he obviously hasn't watched the movie in a long time. I don't hear a lot of people like I, I know a lot of people shit on Rob Zombie movies. I don't hear a lot of people really shit on this movie. I've heard many times people say everything Rob Zombie does sucks except for this movie. Well, I don't think there's a lot of hate for this movie. There's a lot of hate for him, not this movie. Um, But this movie is really different from everything else he's done, too, though. So, yeah, I agree. This has got a the, it's got a very psychedelic feel to it. What's really interesting, and we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago is everyone absolutely shit all over Rob Zombie's Halloween remakes until David Gordon Green's Blumhouse fucking shit came out. And now people actually like the Rob Zombie 
Halloween movies. That's how it is, man. That's how, like, if, if you look at, like, the Star Wars, how much shit the prequels got until yep, the, the newest ones thing. came out. Now, you know, people like those. Um, I love his Halloween movies, but the first one especially. I know there's a lot of older people out there who disagree immensely with that, but hopefully David Gordon Green changed their mind with this, with at least the last one because well, that was a fucking shit show. Well, you know, what I worry about is because we know Michael Myers isn't going away. Somebody else comes out with some Halloween movies. Are people going to say David Gordon Green's Halloween's aren't that bad? Because I think they're wrong. I well, you know, the first and the second one, I don't think were that bad. The first one was good. I like the, the first. The one. second one, I thought was good, but it had some questionable writing. That's some in stupid it. shit in it. Yeah, it's had some questionable stuff that was didn't really need to be in the movie. The the fireman kill scene that was fucking the great. beginning. It it's, and, it's up top and it yeah. starts heading down. Now the third one was the I've I've seen uh, my dog rest in peace take better looking shits than that movie <laughs> like michael myers being old getting beat up in a cave and having his shit stole who thought that that was going to be a good idea mm. not rob zombie rob nope. zombie didn't so uh kill count and ratings we have finally made it to this portion of the episode the kill count for this movie is 14 total you have little dick wick killer carl Cheerleader 1, Cheerleader 2, Cheerleader 3, Bill, Karen Murphy, who is the cheerleader in the trunk, Cheerleader number 4, who is in the shed, Wendell, Willis, Nash, Mary, Jerry, and Denise. That is our kill count. 14, that is a, that's a pretty hefty good kill count. I like it. That is. I'm good with that. I, that's more than I thought, actually. It's kind yeah, of a surprisingly you, high number. Yeah, because I think a lot of people forget about the five cheerleaders that are missing in the beginning and then end up getting killed. So yeah, and the 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 two in the beginning as well that are kind of aside from the story because yeah. you really only got four main yeah. main characters that get killed. So fourteen, that's good. I mean, it snuck yeah. an extra ten in there. All right, ratings. You're not gonna do best kill. You're, you're oh skipping. yeah, I skip best we kill. We have we have things that make this show that we have to hit. I totally There's things, it. and you just skip over them like they don't fucking matter. Well, I was upset that I heard Bill Mosley die. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't. He's an emotional lie. wreck ever <laughs> since then. <laughs> Jesus, I'm never going to hear the end of that. <laughs> just My... disclaimer: Bill Mosley's not dead. Just put it in the description of this of this video. We don't want to shock anybody. So I didn't really write one down because I forgot to do it. So mine's going to be right off the top of my head. And I'm going to go with Nash. Okay. Good kill. You know, I've mentioned that kill in the past in previous episodes. It's a good kill. I yeah, like it. I'm going with Nash. Mine is going to be Mary being brutally stabbed to death by baby. I've already talked about mm -hmm. why I like this so much. So I'm not going to go too much into detail, but... It is very brutal. It shows her contradicting uh, aspects of her her character, and it uh, oddly turns me on for some reason. So that that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I think those are easily the two best kills in this in this movie for sure. Yeah, agreed. All right, so now we are at rating. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna throw mine out there. I'm just gonna get it over with. I'm gonna pull it off like a band aid. 
I rated this movie, and I know people. some people are going to shit a brick. I rated this movie a 4.8. I would have rated this movie a 5 because this is, you know, one of my favorite movies. I didn't rate it a 5 because it gets really crazy in the end. Like, it was pretty solid, and I was pretty much on track with everything this movie was doing. And then we really just take a weird, like, like I said, a fever dream kind of trip. Things don't quite add up. They don't quite make sense. Like it doesn't really make sense of how all these people are living down there. And the logistics of that are just, you know, it, it, that's just not, it's almost like she's dreaming that this is happening like this. Everything else up until this point could really happen. This is a very believable, realistic thing till we get to this point so i you know i would minus i would minus that and then also we don't get to see the unrated fucked up 108 minute version i really would like to see that yeah that that would be great i would get to see maybe give that a five stars if i seen it and i was like okay this is okay this is even more this is even more what i wanted so but yeah i'm I'm gonna go for 4.8 i feel really solid about that 4.8 Okay, I am going to give this a uh, 4.5. This movie uh, obviously is not going to get you with the in-depth story and character development. It's not one of those movies. Uh, Like, you know, there's definite plot holes or stuff that doesn't make sense, doesn't line up with the second movie. But I will say it is a very gory, gruesome, grindhouse movie if you're a horror movie fan you're probably gonna love this especially if you like grindhouse type movies um the acting every member of the firefly family i thought the actors were selected perfectly for those roles and they all brought something different like they're not all the same every one of them have a different personality they're all different um i think the thing i like the most about this movie though is the feel of the movie the cinematography oh it's um, fantastic the, the lighting in it the colors you know it's just overall it's a, it's a fantastic feeling movie so and it's got a very different psychedelic feel from what rob zombie's done since then um and i think it it fits in uh with the colors lighting cinematography all of it Think goes together great. Uh, I would say overall, if you haven't seen this movie, you're doing yourself a disservice. You should probably go watch it. Yeah, I think when we seen this movie originally, like that, it wasn't really known. Like that cult following didn't exist back then. I remember thinking that this was some kind of like really good B movie when I when I first seen it because I don't remember it ever being in theaters. Kind of got that underground feel to it. It it, it was, I felt like we had discovered this underground movie because, and it was all because like I watched it because of the title and I was like, oh, that seems like this really fucked up horror movie that wouldn't be in theaters because it's so graphic. And I totally want to watch that. And I don't remember there being like this huge group of people. Like you almost felt like when you first watched it, that it was you and other horror fans were the only people that knew about it. Like you couldn't just, it wasn't like the exorcist where you can go up and ask anybody about it. Um, and they would know this was a movie that nobody except for really hardcore kind of, uh, horror fans that really liked gore, you know, like the gore and the, and that kind of film would be, in, would be into it. 
now it's completely different. Like everybody knows about this movie now, but back then when we first seen it, it really had a magic about it. I do miss that magic. I'm glad it has the success it has, but I do miss that. You know, when you, when you talked about it and somebody was like, Oh, I love that movie. You instantly knew what kind of her, like what kind of fan they were of horror. Yeah. You knew, like you kind of connected on that, that thing. It's different now. Yeah, it's different. I will say though, it's outside of horror movie fans. Like uh, if you're not a horror movie fan, you probably don't know this movie, but as far as spread amongst all horror movie fans, pretty much all horror movie fans know this movie now, whereas before it was, it had that, you had to really be into the really gory grindhouse type films to know about this movie. Well, you know, that's, that's pretty close. 4.8, 4.5. I would deduct more points if it bothered me more that it ripped off a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Cause it does. I mean, this is an absolute, there's huge chunks of this that are taken straight out of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And even some of it that's taken out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre too which Bill Mosley is also in. But, you know, that, that bothers some people. doesn't bother me. Those are really interesting and good movies. But not a lot of people can replicate that. People have tried, but this movie replicates it very well. And I'm fine yeah, with that. I don't deduct points for movies for that. You know, if they completely copy it, uh, obviously going to be issues with originality. But one thing that he does with this movie is he he's able to do it, but he does it different. Like it's a it's a different feel from the Texas. Like it has that psychedelic feel that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's the acid. Has, yes, all the acid and the dirt that he rolled in. It's, it's got a, a really. It's just it's got a different feel to it, and it's got characters that are terrible people, but they're very lovable characters. Yeah. And I love that the most lovable ones were able to cross over and continue on in the franchise. All right. Well, you kind of know our uh, our stance on this movie. We really like it. We enjoy it. Hopefully you guys like it. Enjoy it, too. If you uh, enjoyed the show, please subscribe or follow. Tell a friend, a family member, the homeless man when he asks you for money at the gas station. Who knows? It, it, it may change his life. Uh, leave a review or tell us how we did on the survey questions at the end of the episode. You got any last words? Um, be sure to support your local uh, Red Hot Pussy Liquors uh, and, and, and tip well. Uh, Goober needs it. Our bodies come and go, but this blood is forever.